Hey y'all, this is Love or Obsession, and my name is Queen. What's up guys? Welcome back. Um, Before I get into the... Oh wow, my stomach growling, y'all. <laughs> Excuse that. Okay, before I get into today's story, I want to clear up a few things. Um... In my previous episode, when I talked about the six women connected, I put United, but whatever. Six women connected um, by marrying men in prison, and I said that San Quentin prison was in San Francisco, but of course it's in San Quentin, California. Um, When they was interviewing the lady, it said San Francisco. I didn't look into it, and I didn't check. But what made me check is because I was being made fun of and criticized by other podcasters and I'm like okay I expect criticism you know from listeners but from other podcasters you should know how I feel to have people talking shit to you and you just made an honest mistake but whatever um yeah so if I say anything wrong feedback is encouraged um constructive criticism is encouraged um respect is the name of the game so let me know y'all if I say and do some silly stuff you know I could be a little slow sometimes y'all know that so whatever oh and also um last Tuesday um it was my uncle's heavenly birthday but I said that he turned he would have been turning 63 but he would have been only turning 58 and y'all, I had to clear that up so bad because I'm like, I did the math wrong. I suck ass at math, like always have. And you know something, one thing, um, when you're a kid, math and science always seem so scary and stuff. But actually, when I was with AmeriCorps Project More, I used to facilitate workshops on science and math because I felt like it's such when you're a child, it's such a scary subject, but I wanted to show people that it wasn't that scary after all. And I did tell y'all that I wasn't going to tell y'all nothing else about myself because I am writing an autobiography, which I am. But y'all know I lied as soon as I said that shit that I wasn't going to say nothing about myself. I just ain't going to say nothing major about myself that I might want to put in a book. How about that? Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and before I get into the story, I want to address my city real quick, city of Chicago. It's like, what the fuck is up, Chicago? Since when did we turn into New Jersey Drive? Since the beginning of the year, today is January 26, 2021. Since the beginning of the year, it's been 166 carjackings. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it's like now y'all just bored doing anything. Like, leave these folks alone. Leave these folks' cars alone. What is y'all even doing with these cars? It ain't no chop, shop, chop shops around this motherfucker. I mean, I'm saying that like I even know because I just stay in my lane and mind my business and sip my little tea, okay? But I it's getting out of hand, and I feel like... It's a lot of young folks doing it, too. It's something that I just realized. I was watching the news, and it was seeing as young as 12 years old. And it's just like this pandemic really messed up a lot of stuff Bad children not having access to the schoolhouse with some kids, and they don't know how to make 
make right with that energy that they have. Stop all this carjacking. Stop all this scheming and scamming. Like, let's keep our hands to ourselves. Like, what's going on? Like, we need to be moving in a forward direction. This is the Midwest, not the goddamn Wild West, okay? And, you know, I'm not just going to be one of them type of person to tell y'all, stop the killing, uh, put the guns down, and don't try to offer no alternative to that because y'all know I'm here to help. I provide services, counseling, coaching. I can send you in the right direction. I can make a plan for your life. If you want to get out the streets and you don't know how to go about that and you don't know where to begin, what direction you want to go, come holler at me. Hit me up on my email, morevhood at gmail.com, or you can even hit me up at the podcast email at loveorobsessionpodcast at gmail.com, and we're going to get this work. I can help you. Please, Chicago, put the guns down. Let's stop all this carjacking. Let's make the place where we live a safer place, a place to we can enjoy. And, and moving forward, let's move forward to light. Get out of this darkness. Like, really, like, I've never been a fake or a pretender. I won't say nothing before I lie to you. If I couldn't help you, I wouldn't say that I could. But you got to want to get this help. You got to want to be helped. You can't help nobody if they're not willing to help themselves. Because I do promote a lot of self-help because I feel like a lot of things start within us. Our happiness, our pain, our trauma, our depression, our anxiety, it all starts with us. And we try to look for certain things and certain people and really you need to look for it in yourself. And all these young folks out here, you need some guidance. You need a mentor. You need somebody to talk to. You need a safe place. Just hit me up. Follow me on my socials and and I got you. Don't even worry. So getting into the story today, you guys, um, today we're talking about Raheem Grant and Sierra Hart. And I found this story on a show called Fatal Attraction, and it was titled A Fallen Star, um, Season 10, Episode 17. Um, Raheem Grant, an Enderman, a high Enderman rapper, on the rise, he was 28 years old at the time. And a lot of accounts of this story comes from Raheem's mother. And... um, you know, I'm not going to lie, y'all. This story, it made me cry. It brought tears to my eyes um, because I have a son who, and my son actually turned 14 years old this year, but I have a son, and he has started dating in a few years or so, and I just can't imagine someone claiming to love him and doing to him what was done to Raheem, okay? Um Now, I don't have much information about Sierra, like her upbringing and anything like that, because I was kind of really wanting to dive into her background and find out, like, what's up with this girl? But, you know, I came up short. Um, If somebody want to cover this and they want to do a deep dive, have you found out some things that I didn't find? That'd be great, you know, because it's very interesting to look into some people's psychology or psyche. You know, let me stop saying crazy stuff because people like to be criticism. But this is my podcast, y'all. And let me just say this, too. I say a lot of things, you know, my own way, like booked, looked. I might be like, looked. You know, I'm not even going to talk ignorant on here because I don't want y'all to think I'm dumb. 
And most importantly, I don't want nobody to treat me like I'm dumb because then I get real smart on your ass real quick because I just like to be real easy breezy, you know. And getting back to this story, I want us to practice keeping our hands to ourselves. Y'all know why I don't engage in violence because I can be a bitch and, you know, but I choose not to be like that. I choose not to engage in violence. I choose to use my powers for good and not for evil because, one, I don't want to get hurt. And most importantly, I don't want to hurt nobody. Or most importantly, I don't want to get hurt. (laughs) Okay. But. Sources say that Sierra was very supportive of Raheem's rap career. From the very beginning, some would even say that she was his muse. Was like, um, she was kind of like a fangirl, but they met by Sierra recognizing Raheem for who he was at the time, which was the local rapper on the rise. And we are in Atlanta for this story, too, you guys. Um, so December 29, 2017, 45 minutes outside of Atlanta in a small suburb of Riverdale, Georgia, described as one of the safest communities on the southern part of the metropolitan area. It was a Friday night, a few minutes before 11 p.m. A woman calls police to report a shooting in her apartment complex, a gated community with not a lot of crime. So gunshots couldn't be mistaken for anything else. You know, when you be at a place where you used to hearing like gunshots or fireworks, you'd be like, is that gunshots? Is that fireworks? But these were clearly gunshots. Okay. Upon arrival, officers are directed to a second floor unit home of Sierra Harp and Raheem Grant and their three-year-old daughter, who appeared on the surface as a normal, happy couple. They spent a lot of time together. um, And for me, Too much togetherness can cause possessiveness or resentment. (laughs) Y'all probably like, yeah, and this bitch wonder why she's single. But no, for real, y'all, hear me out, though. I just feel like if two people live together in a romantic relationship, you don't need to be together every hour of the day. Like, let me miss you. Like, I want you to leave. I want you to go to work. I want you to go follow your dreams. I want you to go fucking be great, whatever. Just don't sit up under me all day, you know, and I expect to see you later, okay? Love you. Bye-bye, okay? (laughs) But no, so neighbors hear gunshots. Police are called, and they arrive to Raheem's and Sierra's unit. They go inside because the door is open, and the first thing they see is a trail of blood on the floor. They follow the trail and Raheem's land there in a pool of his own blood filled with bullets. Sierra and that baby girl is nowhere to be found. Police scratching their heads thinking who would target a star on the rise. Raheem spent his whole life chasing a dream. Music was his number one love. His mother, Geraldine Grant Bryson, stated that at the age of five, he learned how to play the drums and then the keyboard soon followed. He rapped on a local television show that his mother produced when he was a kid, and he was called the Education Rapper. <laughs> That's cute. He did a Showtime. He did the Showtime at the Apollo, and from there, an artist he was, and he covered every aspect of his craft: rapping, producing, writing. Raheem and Sierra were both twenty-eight at the time of Raheem's murder in twenty seventeen. I'm just stumbling and bumbling, y'all. Let me slow down and calm down. I feel like I'm talking too fast. I feel like I'm anxious and I'm moving too fast. Let me just calm my nerves and just breathe. And that's how I get sometimes, you guys. Um, 
Okay, so they both was 28 at the time of Raheem's murder in 2017. The couple met in 2013. Sierra saw Raheem. She liked what she saw. She decided to introduce herself. And remember, a lot of the story accounts comes from Geraldine, Raheem's mother. Initially, they were just casually hooking up, um, but just only after a few months of hooking up, Sierra became pregnant and a baby proved to be Raheem's baby. And at first, Raheem was shocked, but then he got with it because he fell in love with his little baby girl. Sierra and Raheem was devoted to each other. She was considered loyal and supportive, and she was like a part of the family at this point. Raheem was super tight with his mom. Sierra and Raheem, Sierra bonded with Raheem's mother while Raheem formed a closer bond with his daughter. Everything was right with them. Raheem's career was rising, his mother was his manager, and Sierra was his number one fan. Raheem was set to go on tour right before his murder. And the officers on the scene followed a blood trail to a neighboring unit. They So they followed a blood trail out of Raheem and Sierra's apartment into a neighboring unit in the complex. And that's where they find Sierra. She was hysterical. She was covered in blood. Um, nothing she said was making sense. That three-year-old daughter was there with her. So officers was trying to figure out, did Raheem and Sierra attack each other or did someone attack them? Sierra was taken to the hospital because she had cuts on the lower parts of her leg and her daughter was taken to the hospital also, but she appeared to be unharmed. They just wanted to be sure, you know. Um, detectives started collecting evidence and, quest- and questioning witnesses. Sierra gives a 380 automatic to the neighbor. That a 380 automatic. I guess that's a pistol. I don't know. To the neighbor. I don't know nothing about guns, y'all, too. And let me tell y'all, guns is serious business. Like, all this murder that's going on in the city of Chicago, too, I don't know how these youngins even having the nerves or the courage to even pick up a gun and point it at somebody. Because I just um, recently, not too long ago, back last year, (laughs) did a conceal and carry class. And when it was time for me to go to the gun range, I never shot a gun before. And when I tell y'all that my anxiety was through the roof, I had to step back for a minute. Like all that gun firing and them shells flying everywhere. I I couldn't breathe. I started hyperventilating, and and I and the instructor he seen it, and he's just like you know, just like calm down. And I appreciate that, but guns are serious business, and I don't know nothing about them clearly. So it was a three eighty automatic, and I guess that was a pistol. Um, she put the gun into the neighbor's hands, and the neighbor turned it over to the authorities. And that was the murder weapon. Um, a knife was found also at the murder scene, and it was clearly a weapon. This wasn't no kitchen knife. It was a double-edged blade knife. Um, and evidence in the apartment points to a struggle. Raheem was found laying face down halfway in and halfway out of the bathroom. Officers still considered it an outside attack made against the couple, but they learned quickly that the gun that Sierra gave to the neighbor was used as the murder weapon in Raheem's murder. So they thinking that domestic, that 
This domestic incident gone wrong all the way to the left, and she shot him in self-defense. That's what the officers was thinking. But the officers recovers Raheem's cell phone. They can't get into the cell phone because it was a passcode on it. So they put that on a back burner. So they start questioning neighbors, and everyone was shocked. Um, they had nothing but good things to say about both Raheem and Sierra. And it just seems to me like the neighbors didn't really know them. They just seen them in passing and Raheem and Sierra just probably always smiled and waved or something like that. Um, detectives decided that it was time to speak with Sierra. Okay, this is a fatal attraction fact. According to National... According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, one in four women and one in seven men over the age of 18 have been victims of severe physical violence at the hands of a partner. In the state of Georgia alone, 35% of women and almost 40% of men are victims of intimate partner violence. And that was your domestic violence fact. Raheem was shot six times and also had cuts on him. Sierra told the police stories of dealing with four years of abuse from Raheem, never filing a report, but never leaving him either. She stated that she loved Raheem. And then she goes on to say that all hell broke loose the night of Raheem's murder when Raheem invited a friend over, a fitness trainer. Now, this is Sierra's account of what happened the night that Raheem was murdered. She stated that Raheem and the other woman was not in a love triangle. Raheem herself and the other woman was not in a love triangle and that the woman would come over like two to three times a week and buy weed from Raheem. Sierra said that the woman came over, Raheem asked her to go to the bedroom and check on their daughter, and that's what she did. And then she said after being in the bedroom for a while, Raheem called out to her, but she wasn't really trying to come out there to kick it with him and another woman. So she just came out, she looked, and she didn't say nothing, and she went back in the room. And she said that enraged Raheem. Um, she did tell authorities that Raheem had been drinking and had, and he was high on Xanax. And in the midst of Sierra checking on her daughter, Raheem's female guest arrived, okay, because before the guest arrived, Raheem asked her to go check on her daughter. And Sierra was disturbed by that, um, and she was rude. But Sierra said that she wasn't rude. She said she just came into the living room where Raheem and his company was. She just simply said hi, and that was it. Um, But Sierra goes on to say that by her doing that, Raheem became enraged and confronted her in the midst of the altercation because Sierra and Raheem and his female, Sierra, oh, oh my God, I must be really upset, y'all. As a matter of fact, I am upset. I can't even lie. I can't even lie. I'm upset. That's why I can't get this story out the way that I intended it to get out. But Raheem became enraged and he confronted Sierra. And in the midst of the altercation between Sierra and Raheem, his female friend leaves. She like, "Uh uh-uh, this is too much for me. (laughs) And, you know, I know her name. I just choose not to say it because 
I choose not to say it. Okay. Sierra told authorities that she did not fight Raheem and that she would never fight him because the first time that she tried to, he knocked her unconscious. So she knew better. So Sierra was painting a picture for officers and she said that Raheem's company. Yeah, she was painting a picture for officers of abuse. She said that when Raheem's company left, he became even more angrier and he hit her. She fell to the ground and her knife that she carries on her for protection falls out of her pocket. She goes on to say that upon seeing the knife, Raheem said to her, quote, oh, so you were going to stab me? And unquote. She told Raheem that she wasn't and that it just fell out. And then she she proceeds to say that Raheem picks up the knife and tries to stab her in the stomach. But she pulls her knees up to her stomach to protect her. And that's how she got those cuts on her lower leg. Um, And I'm pretty sure your lower leg got a name to it, but I don't know the name of that body part. (laughs) I would say your shin, but I don't know if it's your shin. Um, as she's trying to protect and defend herself, she's kicking her leg and she tries to back Raheem up off of her. And that's how he gets stabbed because he did have six gunshots and some stab wounds. Um, so Sierra saying that he stabbed himself by being too aggressive with her. Um, Sierra said that Raheem said with Raheem. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So when Raheem, she's saying Raheem cut himself. And so he kind of like bagged off. And so she was trying to pick herself up off the floor with blood and tears in her eyes. She's feeling around on the floor trying to steady herself. And she felt Raheem's gun on the floor, which was that 388 automatic. And he usually keep it in his pocket or at his waistband. And she picks it up and she just shoots. She shoots blindly. She was shooting blindly. Um, she wasn't trying to kill him. After shooting, she turns, grabs her daughter, and she runs. According to C- according to Sierra, she didn't even know Raheem was dead until the next day at the hospital. But in cases like this, we know that that was all a fucking lie. And I was I was believing her. I was with her. But as the investigation ensues, a different story starts to unravel. When detectives spoke with the woman that would visit Raheem, his gym buddy, she said that she did go over to see Raheem, but she wasn't there to buy no drugs. She said that Raheem invited her over to listen to some of his new music, but Sierra was not happy with her presence and that And she was clearly annoyed, and in turn, that annoyed Raheem. Jim Buddy said that she left. She didn't hear any gunshots, and she couldn't even tell what was happening after Raheem got up off the sofa and went and followed Sierra down the hall in their apartment. So officers looking like, okay, so Sierra looking real jealous and angry now, and that's the part that she left out of her story. Detectives bring Raheem's mother in to see if they can get more answers about the relationship. Geraldine told detectives that what is suspected was Raheem was kind of, oh my God, Raheem was done with Sierra, y'all, because she was displaying possessive behavior. She was just... 
pushing people away from him. And he told Sierra that they was just going to co-parent that. That explains a little as to why he thought it was cool to invite another woman over to his home while his woman was there. Because in his eyes, Sierra was no longer going to be his woman. She was just going to be the mother of his child. So that's why he invited this woman over. Um, um, Sierra made a lot of claims against Raheem. She said that he was abusive, he sold weed, but none of that could be proven to be true. Raheem's mother, Geraldine, stated that she suggested to Raheem to just start recording himself, um, like a video diary almost, just to keep proof of Sierra's violent ways and just to keep basically a documentation of how he was trying to get away from her. She asked authorities, have y'all checked Raheem's phone? And that turned out to be the smoking gun that shifted the case from self-defense to murder. Raheem was trying to break things off with Sierra. She couldn't handle his rising fame. And the woman that, and the woman that came with it, and the women that came with his flame, she literally ended his career by being as obsessed and not willing to let the relationship go. Raheem's phone. Police. OK, so Raheem's phone had a passcode on it. Um, I think I said that earlier. Police couldn't get into it. So they issued a search warrant to get access to his cloud storage to see if he recorded anything the night of his murder. And it was four videos. And these videos made me cry, y'all. It shocked the shit out of me at the same time. Um, you can see the videos for yourself. Um, I told you I watched the episode of Fatal Attraction titled A Fallen Star, season 10, episode 7. Um, and you hear all the audio from the video, but of course, the video is just like reenactments. It's actors. Um, video one is Raheem recording himself covered in blood saying, look what Sierra did to me. She stabbed me. Then you see Sierra coming to the video with a gun. She fires, shooting a bathroom mirror. The mirror shatters. Raheem turns to face her. She fires again, shoots him. He falls to the ground. His phone falls with him, but it's still recording. Sierra talking. Her, she talking her shit, y'all. She's screaming. She cursing. She telling Raheem he abused her. She's calling him all type of names. But at the same time, Raheem, he's begging. He's pleading. She shoots him again. Now he laying, well, the whole, when he initially gets shot and falls to the ground, he's laying face down. So every shot that's hitting him now is hitting him in his back. And yes, Sierra knows that she's being recorded, you guys, but she don't care. Raheem's saying, I'm dead. And the first video stops. And then the second video begins. But Raheem wasn't dead. Sierra starts the second video looking battered, beaten, her tooth looked knocked out. She's crying, saying how Raheem had beaten her for the past four years. Authorities point out that Sierra had the phone in her hand, and after shooting Raheem a few times, he was still alive. He's begging for his life. He says, call my mom. Let me hug my daughter. Please don't do this. I love you. He was saying all this, and Sierra didn't call for no help. Uh, and honestly, I don't know why authorities thought that she would call for help, you know. Um, Sierra had shot Raheem like three times at this point. So I don't know why they thought she would call for some help. She obviously trying to end him. 
Um, Raheem even says to her, and you hear it in the video, he says, you're going to go to jail. Like, um, don't do this. I just call, call the police, call for help. I tell them that it was an accident. Just give me some help. And y'all know what she ever did. She shot him again. Um, the third video made it clear that Sierra didn't care about her fate. You can hear Raheem said, they're going to lock you up for life. She said, I don't care. She said she didn't care. When he said, let me see my daughter, she said, crawl to her. Sierra had appeared to have snapped. The video was definitely hard to watch, y'all. You can hear that three-year-old daughter call out to her daddy. And with that, Sierra sends the last shot. The last fatal shot, she kills him in front of their child. She basically tortured him for 19 minutes because the duration of all four videos was 19 minutes. The fourth video is Sierra recording herself after Raheem was dead, even though she told police that she didn't know that he had passed away until the next day at the hospital. But he was clearly, you know, deceased. The video shows no sign of self-defense. In a video, she had no cuts on her leg, meaning that she cut herself. A real nut job. She a nutty, nutty head case. Um, you know, and uh, I apologize for just saying that because I know a lot of people go through mental health issues. And it's not funny. I don't make fun of people at all. Um, and mental health is a serious issue, but I don't think she was suffering from mental health issue. I think she was suffering from a jealousy, envy issue, like jealous of her own men. And a relationship would never work like that, neither. Like, I don't know how men and women be jealous of each other. That's just crazy, but whatever. Um, to make her claims believable, um, that he battered her, she cut herself in the legs because she wasn't cut at all when she killed Raheem. Um, Raheem's mother believed that Sierra murdered him because he was planning to live his life without her. Um, and basically on some, if she couldn't have him, no one else will. And I say to that, is it love or is it obsession? During the trial, Sierra did apologize to Raheem's mother. Geraldine did not accept her apology. She said she if she wanted to get justice for her son so bad, but if she didn't want that justice so bad, she would have went right up to the witness stand and slapped Sierra right in her face. And I don't blame her. Um, family and friends just couldn't believe Sierra's actions. So many people testified against her, including her own mother. Um, the tension between mother and daughter was so thick. Um, you could tell that their relationship was not good at all. Sierra's uncle testified on Sierra's behalf saying that, yes, Sierra was a troubled individual, but her home life with her mother was very toxic. Um, Sierra called her mother a bitch. You could clearly see that in the video when she was testifying against her. She was basically looking at her mother like, how could you? How dare you? And that was a that was a question that I wanted to ask, too. I'm going to ask the question on the Instagram. Being a mother of a murderer, Sierra's mother, specifically what I'm talking about, do you think you would have been able to get on the stand and testify against your child? What do you say? My honest answer is, in a situation like this, my child claimed to be in love with somebody, claimed to be beaten. She killed him the way that she did. I think that that was very sad. 
Um, I feel bad. I feel like if she was being beaten, she should have just left. And I know that that's always easier said than done. Um, but it seemed like she didn't make no plans to move around. It's just like I'm getting my ass beat. I'm not going to leave, but I'm going to kill this, you know, guy. Um, so that's crazy. But to answer the question, no, I I couldn't get on test, get on the stand and testify against my child. I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, he or she don't deserve jail time, anything like that, because you did the, the you did the crime. You got to do the time. You know, you get locked away. But I'm not going to get on the stand and say, yes, throw my child away. I'm I'm going to sit there and watch you get put away, but I ain't going to get up there and say, yeah, go ahead and do it. You know, so as a mother, I'm asking you mothers out there, would you be able to get on the stand and testify against your child? Yes or no? Okay, Sierra got a sentence of 125 years. The case went to trial May of 2019. Um, What she had to say for herself was that she was drunk, and if she wasn't drunk, the murder wouldn't have happened. That is very, very the minimum. Like, you just go blame it on alcohol, girl? Okay. Who, y'all? That was a whole lot. Um... Wasn't it? I I think it was. I think I was talking too fast. I think I need to stop listening to other podcasts because it's kind of discouraging me now. Um, I might be tweaking a trip and I don't know. But I shouted out other podcasts in the past because it's what I genuinely enjoy listening to and stuff. But I don't think I'll be mentioning any more no time soon because I don't want nobody making me feel bad. <laughs> Okay, and I don't want to make nobody else feel bad neither. Okay, so tell me tell me what you guys think of this um story if you liked it or not. I will post pictures on the Instagram at Love or Obsession Podcast. And if you can send me stories of your own and message me um about anything you want to talk about, you can send those messages to Love or Obsession Podcast at gmail dot com. Thank you guys for listening. Listening Please stay tuned, and I'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. It's Queen, y'all. Peace out.